BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I am so excited for today's episode with Jennifer Fisher. She is an absolute dream. I'm so happy that I met her and... I'm not going to lie. Like I had some hesitation at first. I was like, what is this eating? What is this, this, what is this? And she's the real deal. She is the real deal. So if you're not following Jennifer, you absolutely should be. Before we get into the episode, it is a long one. So I'm just going to do a short solo beforehand. I am currently in France and I've never been so excited to go somewhere. We have been traveling for weddings all the time, but we haven't taken a trip for ourselves since our honeymoon and we could not be happier to be in France. Somebody asked me to talk about past relationships and how I knew some like people that I've dated in the past were not a good match for me. This is a great question. A lot of my past relationships were when I was not sober. So as a non like an addict type person, I would attract people who also were addicted to stuff, whether it was like alcohol or weed or narcissists, whatever it was. So I feel like those were like that was a lot of the reason that it didn't work out with some people in my past. And you know, some of those exes still struggle with some addictions today. I would say my relationship the relationships before Steven, where it got kind of closer to something, it wasn't a match because ultimately it wasn't like either it was a timeline issue or, you know, the way that we wanted to live our lives and personality stuff. Like it's really important for me to be with someone who's like very warm and open because I like to think that I am most of the time, but even if I'm not, I, I want them to be. And that was a quality that I felt was missing in some past relationships of mine that Stephen definitely has. So that, and I think also just like how easy it was with my family and with his family. The family thing was tough for a long time. I actually was walking on the street today, randomly thinking about somebody that I dated once where I like went out, I was going to visit their family for the first time to meet them. And I like went out and bought outfits that I thought their family would like me to wear versus outfits that I actually wore already and like were myself. And I was going for, I was trying to be like this, like preppy. I don't even know what I was trying to be for them. 
And I didn't even like the family. I didn't even like them. But I was going out of my way to like change myself so that they would like me. And I know it's like the family and not necessarily the person, but that's definitely a red flag. Someone said, can you talk about siblings marrying toxic partners? I can't even imagine. Like That's so much harder than when your friends do because it's your family. And that's really, really tough. And I think the best case scenario here is that you just keep an arm's length from this person. I think this is something that everybody deals with. And a big part of that is because you're not your sibling. Like you don't have the same taste in people and guys and girls, whatever it is. And unless they're, God forbid, you know, hurting your sibling, there's nothing you can really do. Like your sibling has to realize on their own that they're in this toxic partnership. And I just wouldn't go out of your way to like say anything nice about this person. I would always be there when your sibling wants to talk but you never want to cut off that lifeline between you and your sibling just in case they need you for something. I have like a friend of a friend whose sister is considering getting divorced and you know they there's kids in the mix and so her sister, you know whenever she's fighting with her husband like she calls her sister and she's like I need you blah 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 and I just would never want if this were my situation. I would never want my sister to think that she can't talk to me about it because I'll judge her. So I think you just have to be really supportive the best that you can of your sister, not of this toxic relationship necessarily. And whatever decision she makes, you tell her that you support. Somebody said, can you discuss friendships between guys and girls? Can you really be just friends? Apparently there's some guy going viral on TikTok saying that guys and girls can't be friends and that women should be men's property. I'm not even going to tell you his name because I don't want to give it legs, honestly. But maybe I will because maybe I'll have him on the podcast and rip him a new one. I do think that friendship is possible, but I will say there are some caveats because guys are guys and they often might want more. And I think the caveats are this. If they're friends of your significant other then yeah, guys and girls can be friends. If you've like slept together in the past and there's literally nothing between you, like nothing or it would have happened, can be friends. If they are friends with, let's say your ex and like that's how you became friends, but they're technically off limits to you. Or if like straight up one person, usually the girl or the guy, whatever, is just not attracted to the other person. I think that if it's a new friendship, if you're both like attractive and that, you know, sexual thing hasn't happened yet, it is a little bit suspect that one of you is probably into the other one and the other one is not aware. That's just a fact. Oh, also like friends from growing up. That's a very real thing. Like family friends, you know, there's tons of ways that guys and girls can be friends. I think if you make a new girlfriend or guy friend outside your relationship, that's somebody that you could see yourself, you know, being attracted to. That's obviously a red flag, but there are blurred lines like the coworker thing. You know, a lot of people make like new coworker friends and you can develop feelings that way. And that's how some people do have affairs. So I think 
as long as you tread the line between like coworker and like friend and then like more than friend, you know, then it's fine. There can be friendships between guys and girls. It's just sometimes one person might, you know, I bet in every friendship, except for the situations that I just named, someone's thinking, well, what if, you know, so-and-so would be into me? I would be so down for that. Anyway, going straight to Jennifer now because she is the best and she will light up your day with her amazing energy. And I can't wait for you to hear her. As you may have seen on TikTok, traveling right now is crazy, a nightmare and people are losing their bags left and right. So it is so important to try to pack a carry-on, which is just what I did somehow, some way with my base luggage for my trip to France. I'm so happy that my base bag came just in time to travel. If you haven't heard of base, it was created by actress Shay Mitchell to make sleek and affordable bags, luggage, and accessories designed to help you travel effortlessly while still looking fashionable. Base thought of everything that you could ever want in a piece of luggage, 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all of the interior pockets that you need to keep organized. It comes in multiple sizes and colors. I love the navy and the black, but they're all stunning. And the price point is amazing. And Shay Mitchell created them. And she, if you know her or follow her, is the chicest human ever. And she looks gorgeous having babies and not having babies. But whatever you're bringing, whether it's 15 pairs of underwear for just a weekend, which I am definitely privy to, you should look chic while doing it, especially if you're having a crazy experience at an airport. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off their first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash Acme. That's basetravel.com slash Acme for 15% off your first purchase. It's B-E-I-S travel.com slash Acme. So don't get it twisted. It's B-E-I-S travel.com slash Acme and get 15% off your gorgeous suitcase and take a trip. I feel amazing today because and pretty much 100% due to the fact that I saw my therapist this morning And you hear me talk about it all the time, but it really is a huge difference. The days that I see my therapist versus the days that I don't, I just see myself being on such edge and have so much like in me that I need to get out and it's just unhealthy. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, I can relate to that and I should probably talk to someone, then Talkspace is the place for you. You can sign up online and start therapy on the same day that you sign up. You can text, video, and send voice notes to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. So next time you pick up your phone to send a long-winded voice note to a girlfriend or someone that clearly has no degree and can help you and you know, it's like talking into the abyss, send it to a therapist instead. It's affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. And instead of waiting for an appointment, you send 
a message immediately and they engage with you daily, five days a week. They also have a great network with licensed therapists with years of experience in over 40 specialties, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, anger management, relationship issues, food, eating, sex issues, so much more. And it's secure and private. As a listener of the podcast, you will get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com and make sure to use the code ACME to get your $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's code ACME and Talkspace.com. Relationships are hard and that's why I'm here. Hey friend, it's Cammie Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with the one and only Jennifer Fisher. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here too. You have such a presence in person. If anybody ever gets a chance to meet Jennifer, you should totally take it. You're so sweet. (laughs) It's very true. So before we get started, how old are you and where are you from? I am 51 years old. I'm a Taurus and I'm from Santa Barbara, California, but I was born in San Diego. I love it. And what is your current relationship status? I am married almost 21 years. And you're married to Kevin. Keto Kev. Keto Kev. Oh my God. We the have coffee to. guy. <laughs> I didn't realize. And the president of Jennifer Fisher Jewelry. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk all about working together and being married. Yeah. But before we get into that, when is Kevin's birthday? He's the 27th. He's a Gemini. Oh. May tw- so I'm the older woman by three weeks. Oh, cradle robber. I over am. There. No, I like, I like younger guys. <laughs> I love it. And how did you guys meet? We met. So I was dating. So I worked in, before I was a jewelry designer, I had a whole other career. I was a fashion stylist and I also worked in costume design. And I worked for Aaron Spelling and I worked on the NBC lot. And it was the same lot that they shot Friends on. Mm -hmm. And so I would see like the cast kind of going around and kind of run into them in the commissary and things like that. And one day, Matt LeBlanc followed me out of the parking lot and followed me down Ventura Boulevard and literally like waved me over and was like, hey, I've seen you around, you know, do you want to go have dinner? Anyways, so I was dating Matt LeBlanc when I met Kevin. Oh my God. Um, And I just started dating him. And I met Kevin in New York. My best friend, her brother Ari, they grew up with Kevin in Brentwood. Kevin's from LA and he grew up in Brentwood. And I had flown to New York with one of the guys that was on my show. He was like the hot lifeguard. His name was Tim. So the, it was called Sunset Beach, the show that I worked mm-hmm. on. And we were just friends. And he's like, hey, come to New York for the weekend with me. I got an apartment on Lexington. Let's go. And, and so how I, old are you at this point? I was 27. Okay. And I, Natasha's like, if you're in New York, you got to go by and see my brother. He's at a bar. Text him. So I texted Ari. And he, he's like, hey, I'm out at Cupping Room Cafe with a bunch of guys. Come by and say hi. So Tim and I, before we went out, stopped by Cupping Room Cafe. And that's when I met, I laid my eyes on Kevin Fisher for the first time. I love that. And wait, okay, so two questions here. So were you exclusively dating Matt LeBlanc? Like, were you, or was it just like a casual going out on dates? We were exclusive pretty early on. Mm-hmm. It didn't last long. It only yeah, lasted yeah. about a year and a half. But, you know, I think I was probably like, you know, four months into it. Mm-hmm. And is this like, 
pre-friends, during friends? No, this friends? was the heyday of friends. This oh, was wow. like Jimmy Burroughs, Friday nights, going to the friends, taping, and they'd like party in their rooms and everyone would leave the door open and they had a bunch of friends come in and it was it was so much fun. So you got to like uh, like just hang out with all the other castmates too. Yeah. I mean, it was sort of weird. I mean, I, re- I mean, I, yeah, kind of. It was a really weird time. It was really interesting. And was he a good boyfriend, like part person to date at the time? He was fun. Mm-hmm. He was fun. He was he was he was, he was a f- fun guy to date, and I thought he was hot. And it was great. And I was twenty seven, and let's you know, it was it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't going to be my husband. Right. So you lay eyes on Kevin. And yeah. then he's cute, mm-hmm. you know, but they're like, they seem like boys. You know, I was, I had, I was established in my career in Los Angeles. I was dating this other guy. I just never, I was like, oh, they're cute, whatever. But that one was really cute. Mm-hmm. And I left. And then a year or so later, Matt and I broke up and the Mercer Hotel was opening. And I came for like the soft opening of the Mercer Hotel. And Natasha, my best friend, just like, it was like, you know, let's go shopping. I'm going to come out and I'll meet you. But we got to go visit Ari and Kevin at work. And at this time, they worked at Windows in the World in the World Trade Center. They worked at Canada Fitzgerald. Oh, wow. So my first drink with Kevin was actually at Windows in the World, which is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And so I saw him again. I was like, he's really cute. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't feeling very well. And he's like, I've got to go to some work event at the Intrepid or something, but I'll meet you guys out later. So he met us at Veruca. And I was really buzzed. And I was like, I just straddled him in a chair and started kissing him. And like, that, that was it. Oh my God. <laughs> and I took him back to my hotel room. But that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it started. So you like broke technically like the rules, like you slept with him on the first date. I did not sleep with him on the first date. Oh. And that was not a date. Okay. No. So what happened was, and this is what I, I would say to younger girls too, I would not sleep with a guy on the first date. We hooked up and we had a really good time, but we did not have sex. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking on the phone and we had this amazing friendship where we would speak on the phone for hours. And we, every other, you know, every two weeks, he would either come to LA or I would come to New York. And we did this for three years. I slept with him the second time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean. But you had had those like phone calls in between that. Yeah, really long phone calls. I mean, like every day for hours. Right. And we're like, this is a connection like I've never felt before. Right. Well, that's what I feel like made it all work is like having that time where you got to know each other in between. Like, I feel like when guys, like when we sleep together, let's say even on the second date, it's harder for guys to like want more unless they actually know our personality a little bit. Right. And so clearly he had time to fall for you a a bit. Exactly. Exactly. So we had had that established before. It wasn't like we just went to dinner and and, right. and hooked up. It was it was it was weeks of of emotional attachment sort of before that happened. And what was he doing? Because I know he works with you now. What was he doing then? He worked in finance. He in, he was a broker a broker broker dealer. Okay. Yeah. And so you meet him. You're having this like romance. You're falling in love. When and how long are you together before you decide to get married? So we had, this is a whole big thing too. So for those of you who are dating someone who doesn't live in the same city, I was said to him, I, I said, you need to propose to me before I leave my life in LA and move to New York. Right. And he said, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. You have to move here. We have to live together to make sure that this is going to actually work. And Smart. then, then right. But of course, you know, I was like, no, I want it now. I want yeah. the ring. I want the ring. Yeah. I want the ring. And so I did. I moved to New York. And let my best friend Natasha rent my apartment in LA because it was this awesome apartment. And I was like, I'm not going to give it up. So you move in there. If this doesn't work out, I'm coming back. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> exactly. And it worked out. But we had this conversation. I'll never forget it. It was on like West 4th Street in the West Village. We're sitting on the stoop. And it was a really emotional conversation before I moved of me saying, you know, I really want that ring. And he, he was really, really adamant about the fact that he was not going to propose to me. And I was like, I don't know. 
you you have to take those risks in life. And I guess right. it was like one of those risks where I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this guy a shot. I trust this guy. I love this guy. So let's just, let's, let's try it. Because then by the time we, when we were, when he, when he proposed to me, it was like, we were already living together. So it wasn't any, it wasn't really any different. Nothing changed. Right. You know, so uh, give it a shot before you like force the ring. Agreed. Which I, I guess is like, you know what the advice to the younger girls. No, you need to, you need to give it a shot. Yeah. So what's funny is that when you and I first DM'd on Instagram, you said, I have to tell my girls what not to do when dating. What does that mean? I just feel like there's so many girls that reach out to me on Instagram and they're younger and they're all, they all ask me for advice. You know, I don't know what to do. You know, the guy's not calling me back. I'm like, if the guy's not calling you back, the guy's not interested. Right. Like stop stalking the guy. Like, you know what I mean? If he's not, he, if he doesn't seem into you, he's not into you. Right. You know? Yeah. And I also think, I just feel like after COVID, I think so many women are, that were single during COVID are so, they all want to have these relationships now. And I think COVID changed everybody. Mm. And I think people want to move a little bit slower now. People are like, well, I don't know if I want this exactly. Like, I think girls have to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Like they all are like, I, you know, I don't to do, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I, this is, this is my one thing too. I think that too many girls feel that they have to get married and have a kid too 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 early. Like wait until I mean it, you don't have a limit on this. Like you can wait until you're whatever. Like you don't have to do it by the time you're 35. I agree. Well, what how old were you guys when you got married? I was 33. Okay. But I had a health thing. I have a desmoid tumor in my chest. Yeah. It's a soft tissue sarcoma. It's not breast cancer. It's something that came from, it's basically a keloid scar that turns into a tumor. And I got it from my breast implants. The doctor thought it was like a weird, you know, whatever from my workout top, but it turned out it was a tumor and it grows from estrogen. So anyways, I went through chemotherapy right after Kevin and I, we started, we had been dating, let's say six months. No, excuse me, way longer than that. It was, but he hadn't proposed to me yet. And I got diagnosed with this thing and went through chemotherapy for it and when it was time to, then we got married six months after. So this was way long into it. So I'm getting the timeline completely wrong. So I don't think that we would have gotten married earlier. I just think we weren't ready. Yeah. Like we had gone through so much and like my health issues and everything that had happened with me, it just, it, it happened in its own right, in its own time. Like we yeah. dated three years. That's a long time. That even is. Though it was, yeah. Even though we weren't in the same town, that's still a really long time. It's a long time. Also, 33 is a great time to get married, 35, 37, whenever. 40. Yeah, 40, whatever. Whatever's right for you. Freeze your eggs. Yeah. Oh, totally. If you're able to. Freeze your eggs if you're able to. Yeah. And then going back to, so I I know that you, like I had read and and heard about this tumor that you had. Yep. So many questions to unpack. The first one being, do you still have the breast implants in? I do. And what would happen if you took them out? I could take them out. And it would be better. I had them replaced, actually. Mm -hmm. One of mine popped the day after Thanksgiving. This is a funny story. So I was carrying the turkey at my sister-in-law's house, and it was on a heavy platter, and I was sort of helping her serve, and I was sort of strained because it was a large table that comes kind of like to serve and to hold this. And I guess I had strained myself too hard because the next day at the office, I looked down, and one of my breasts was like gone. Oh, my God. So it had, and it was time, though. I had them done in L.A. right after Matt and I broke up, actually, right when I started dating Kevin. Mm -hmm. My breasts were at my neck. And Kevin yeah. and I started dating. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> Which is probably attraction <laughs> initially. Um, yeah, but I replaced them about eight years ago. And it didn't do anything to my tumor. My tumor is inactive right now. Mm -hmm. we, we check it. So you, you couldn't potentially, like, get everything out and the tumor would 
dissipate. So these types of tumors, the problem with them is they're like an octopus that goes into your, they just, they have tentacles that grow into your muscle and around your bone. So they're really hard to resect. They're, it's yeah. very hard to take them out. So uh, it, it, normally you need a really wide resection area. So like the first breast cancer doctor that I went to, because they thought it was breast cancer, wanted to take out my pectoralis major, minor, my serratus, and my collarbone. So I would basically have like no left side. Oh yeah, no. And my personality, I'm like, okay, let's just get it done, get it out. I don't, I don't want to have this thing anymore. I just want to be able to move on from it. I wanted to have that surgery. And Kevin's father is a physician. And thank God his, his dad was at that doctor's appointment, as was Kevin. And I walked out of the appointment and Kevin was sort of bleary, kind of teary-eyed. And his, I guess his dad had asked him, you know, is she the one? And Kevin said, she's the one. And then his dad said, well, then we need to get a second opinion because we can't just rush her into the surgery like this. We need to actually see what this is. And that's how I ended up at UCLA with the doctor who finally told me I wasn't going to die from this, that let's slow down a little bit. You can do radiation, chemotherapy, or a combination of both. A lot of people were not really like schooled in this type of tumor back then for some reason, because I do think they come from scar tissue. A lot of women get them in their uterus after they have children. Mm -hmm. So he's like, listen, let's start with chemotherapy first and we'll see what happens. And I went through 12 rounds of high-dose methotrexate chemotherapy at, at Cedars-Sinai and here at St. Vincent's. And I was, at the time doing that, I was styling commercials. And I had this awesome, awesome director, this guy named Eric Joyner. And he would allow me to work in New York and LA and have extra assistance and stay busy while I was going through the chemotherapy, which I think saved me because I was, you know, I was, I was working the whole time. Right. You know, you're sick for a few days, but then I was, you know, they, th this type of chemotherapy too is, it's, it's what they give women of sort of childbearing age. So you can go on to have children and you don't really normally have any issues with your eggs. Right. Because this, this happened all before you had your kids. Oh, yeah. So when we wanted to have kids, my oncologist said, no way. Your tumor grows from estrogen. It's a really bad idea. You have to get a surrogate. So back then, it was illegal in the state of New York to have a surrogate carry for you. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, until recently, it's been illegal. But it was uh, legal in New Jersey, Vermont, Florida, and California. And given the fact that Kevin and I are both from California, we're like, let's just do it out there. So we right. have the baby there and we can see the grandparents, blah, blah, blah. So we went through it. And it's a whole process. I mean, I'm sure it's very different now. But back then, you basically have to make a scrapbook of yourself as right. a couple and sell yourself to the surrogate to say, you know, do you want this person, you know, do I want to be carrying these, these two people, you know, this couple's child? And we found a great one. And Who did both of your children or just one? Neither. Oh, tell yeah, me more. Exactly. And for those of you who haven't, who don't know anything about this, it's a whole thing. So the, with the contract, there's, you know, you bring them down. So she lived in Sacramento. We bring her down with the family and you're putting the family up and sending them to go do things while we're going through all this so the mom can relax. And it, it's a whole process. The first time she got pregnant, you know, and I'm having to go through it to get my eggs out. So there's the retrieval and then there's the insertion. And the first time she got pregnant, miscarried at 12 weeks. So you got to go through it all over again. And it's just like you got to cycle. So it takes time. Is there some kind of clause about them miscarrying? Like I'm just... No. Yeah. Not, not for us then. I'm right, right, right. It just happens. Yeah, of course. I mean, but honestly, like I would not have my children now if this, these had actually worked. So like I would... I'm, I'm so grateful that these things didn't work out. Right. That was not my path. That was not my family. So then what ended up happening? So she got pregnant the second time at 16 weeks. I flew to Sacramento to go see her. And that was when there was already a heartbeat. And that was when you go and take them shopping and, you know, and to buy them clothes for you know, the rest of the pregnancy. That's just part of the contract. Oh, wow. And we went in for like the routine doctor's appointment and there was no heartbeat. And they're like, this is really odd because you do so many testing tests on these eggs before they're even, you know, and the, even everything before this even goes on. So right. everyone was like, that was sort of weird. And so then she quit. 
So I, but I was alone and I had to take her to go do a DNC and to take the, that, take it out. I mean, we knew it was a boy. We named him Luke. We had to, I had to go, Kevin was in New York and I'm like alone in Sacramento. That was crazy. So we got back and I went through IVF in New York and it was a horrible experience. The guy like punctured my aortic aortic vein in my uterus, which I didn't know you had one there until it happened and like bled out on Fifth Avenue when like Gucci was like on 72nd Street or whatever that street was. I don't know. Anyways, and so we're like, okay, you know what? Let's take the summer off. This is really stressful because it was starting to stress us out as a a couple. You know, it's people don't realize that until you start going through all of these things. You know, it's it's really, it's- it's, Even just like normal pregnancy is stressful, like having to deal with surrogates and all this stuff happening. It's a lot. Yeah. And then to find out that it it didn't work, it was unsuccessful. You know, what are we going to do? And then we looked at egg donors from the same company and Kevin's like, pick the tall volleyball player. What? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It a funny. So it, it was it was a funny process. But then I ended up getting pregnant naturally. And I was like, you know, what? I'm keeping this baby. Right. This is meant to be. I'm keeping this baby. My tumor's not going to grow. So I'm also big on thinking on manifesting. And like, you know, I know that my tumor's not going to grow. I This is going to be a fine, healthy pregnancy. I'm a big believer in like the power of positive thinking because that's what got me through my chemotherapy, my tumor in the first place. Mm-hmm. And my tumor actually shrank. Wow. From my from pregnancy. So my first, I had Shane when I was 33. Then six months later, I had I had Shane like sling to me and I went up to my OB for an appointment and she's like, you're like 10 weeks pregnant, I think. I was like, what? <gasps> oh my And God. that was my daughter, Drew. That's amazing. So they're really, they're 20 months apart. They're basically Irish trends. And then, it's crazy. And then the tumor like stayed small after that? Yeah, it's stable. Wow. Yeah. I just bought some new hair. And when I get extensions, it's tough to make sure that the hair underneath is getting nutrients, is getting all of the things that it needs to produce the damage, the frizz, the flyaways, and to maintain silky hair. And that's why I'm obsessed with Whey and using their Clarifying Detox Shampoo. It deeply cleanses and strengthens hair while removing product buildup, oil, and hard water before stripping, without stripping it, or before going to the club and stripping, whatever you see fit there. There's apple cider vinegar in it to help exfoliate your hair and hydrolyzed keratin to smooth it and add shine. It's really, really amazing. And I'm obsessed with it. Plus the smell is divine. They have a leave-in conditioner too, which has been number one at Sephora for like years now. And there's obviously a reason. It detangles hair and protects against heat up to 450 degrees. So if you're straightening your hair, curling your hair, you need this leave-in conditioner in your life. They also have a scalp serum, which balances and hydrates your scalp to create an ideal environment for your hair to thrive. So soon, I probably won't even need my extensions because I'm going to be getting thicker and fuller hair with Way. So find your way. Get a customized hair routine when you take their quiz at theway.com. You can use code ACME to get 15% off your purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com. That's T-H-E. O-U-A-I.com. Use code ACME. I swear I forget how to read when I'm doing this, but theway.com and use code ACME. Check it out. I was freaking out right before my trip because my ritual was coming that day. And I was like, will I be able to get my vitamin in time for my trip? And you know what? I did because they're so amazing at sending it on time, the perfect time, not like giving you just one day apart, but 
every month my ritual comes exactly a few days before I'm going to need it. And I'm obsessed with it. If you haven't heard of ritual, it's an essential multivitamin for women 18 years and older. It was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 plus. It's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide provide antioxidant support. I'm a huge fan of Ritual and also anybody can have it no matter what their diet is because it is vegan and it has all of the omega-3s because even though it's sunny out, you might not be getting all the vitamin D that you need. In fact, over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 aren't. It's pretty wild. So get all of the right things that you need. Right now, my listeners are getting a sick deal with Ritual, 10% off their first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Acme and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off when you go to ritual.com slash Acme. Start your ritual today and get all of the things that you need for your diet. Ritual.com slash Acme. And then you created Jennifer Fisher Kitchen after your amazing jewelry empire. You decided to go into kind of food a little bit, which I think has to do with like your eating has to do with your tumor, correct? No. But first Mm -hmm. I started Jennifer Fisher Jewelry because of the birth of Shane. Mm. So when he was born, that's just, I just want to cover that because it's the reason the jewelry company started. People were giving me gifts to represent him. I was like, I'm not going to wear this. Right. It's like a little baby, like, boy. No, I'm not going to wear that. Like, I need something cool and heavy and, like, badass to wear on set on, like, a heavy gold chain. And right. so I literally, like, drew out this dog tag, and I walked up to 47th Street, and I was like, hey, will someone make this for me? I want this to say my kid's full name. And I found someone to do it, and I would wear it on set on this heavy gold chain. Where, like, Because I had collected charms my whole life, and I had charm bracelets because my parents would buy me charms when they'd go on trips, and I had, but they were all sterling silver. And I had charms forever. And I was like, I want to put these on a necklace. And I, I kept saying, I want to put this on a necklace. And people were like, no, 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 you don't do that with charms. Charms go on bracelets. I'm like, no, no, no. I want my charms to go on a necklace. And so anyway, so I would wear it on set. And it was an instant conversation piece. And people were like, what does that say? And I thought, oh, it's my son, Shane. And like all the guys on set, like the grips and the gaffers, like, I'm like, oh, I, my wife's going to want one of those. Can, I, can you make me one? And I started making them for the guys on set. And at one point, Kevin came home and I had orders all over my bed. And he was like, this is a, this is a real business, Jen. You need to start a website. And so that's when we started selling direct to consumer, fine, customizable jewelry online. It's amazing. Yeah. All, every single thing that you make, I would wear. Like it's, it's really, no, it's really stunning. Really stunning. I try to keep it clean and and I don't want it to be like a type of jewelry that you like think is so precious that you can only wear once in a while. Right. I want it to be the stuff that you wear every day Mm -hmm. that you throw on. It's just sort of part of who you are. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing. I remember the first time I saw something of yours, my friend, Stephanie, I'm going to give her a shout out. She's also a huge fan, was wearing the double hoops. And I was like, that is genius because I only have one piercing and in my ear. And I was like, I'm never getting a second piercing in my ear. But like, I always loved the look Why? of people wearing like two hoops. I don't know. It's just like weird. Like, I'm it's like, so interesting. I'm like scared of it. Like, I'm really? like, my mom used to like shame me. She'd be like, you can only have one piercing, like two piercings. So it's tacky, which so like, I don't think it is, but that's in my head still, you yeah. know? And so I saw it on her and I was like, what are these? And she told me, and I told my husband, 
And he got them for my birthday, and it was like the Aww. best thing ever. And he like I went into the that. store, and he said everyone was so nice to him. I love and, that. And so you created this jewelry, and then it was so it blew up. The jewelry we've been really fortunate with. I think it's just you know we've just been fortunate. I think people just want you know I try to design jewelry that I think people are going to want to wear every day. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what I do. I you know and sometimes we make some crazy stuff and we make wild stuff for music videos or like tours and concerts and things like that. But most of what we do every day is jewelry that I want you guys to wear every day. That you're just it's just part of who you are. And you're like oh I got to put on my Jennifer Fisher hoops or I got to put on my charm necklace or I got to put on my whatever or my ring that you know we do wedding rings now too. We do wedding bands and things like that now too. So the food, to get back to what you were saying, yeah. sorry, I like changed the subject. No, no, no. I wanted, I wanted to, that. to get into that too. The food came not from my tumor. It came from the fact that I have Hashimoto's. So I have thyroid disease and I wasn't diagnosed with it until I w- it was like later in life. But I, and I was sort of not guided correctly until I met my, I'm going to plug my endocrinologist here because she's amazing. Please. Dr. Dr. Caroline Sierra here in New York City, who actually works with people with diet and I think people that have weight disorders, but she also is an endocrinologist that does her own bloods that helps people regulate via eating the right foods. She's the one who got me off of gluten Mm -hmm. originally. And Hashimoto's for people who are listening and like don't know what that is. It's a slow thyroid. So there's, there's, there's hypo and hyper. So Hashimoto's is slow. So there's one that makes you retain weight and one that makes you lose weight rapidly. Right. I have the retain weight one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... Your your doctor told you to go gluten-free. She told me to go gluten-free. She never told me to go dairy-free. She never told me to go legume-free, nightshade-free, gum-free. All of that stuff is stuff that I sort of... So I uh, to back up a little bit. So COVID happened and we built a store in Beverly Hills during COVID. I didn't even see them build the store. I was in New York the entire time. And when I, when we started, we were getting ready to open, I was having to fly out to Los Angeles and like quarantine for 10 days when that was still a thing. And so one of my followers said, you've got to read this book by this guy, Dr. Will Cole. It's called, oh. Ke- it's called Ketotarian. Yeah, he has a podcast on Dear Media. Will, hi, Will. So Dr. Will, so I read his book, not knowing him personally then. And there was something about this book that, like, it's like a light switch went off in my, in my, in my head. And I was like, why am I messing around with my food? Like, I have, I have a disease. Why am right. I not taking care of my body properly? Like, you know, I'd be one of those things where we'd, we'd go out and we drank, we'd eat pizza late at night. And it was like, oh, I'll go back on it tomorrow. Like that yo-yo stuff that everybody does. Like, until I think you really change your mindset about, you know, I've got one body as me for not that many more years, like I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to make the most of it. You know, I'm going to look the best I can. I'm going to feel the best I can. And it's really not that hard. You just have to kind of cut the bullshit of like, yeah. of like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. Or I'll, oh, I'll just, I'll just keep that, that part, that little part. And I'll just keep eating cheese. Like it's things like that. And like, and I always say this, what works for me is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. So what works for me is being grain-free, gluten-free, dairy-free. I feel like these are bullets going into <laughs> me. <laughs> Gum-free. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's, and it, people are like, it's so restrictive. I'm like, it's so not. If you learn how to grocery shop and read the back of packages. Right. Like you can go and buy that dried seaweed or that dried seaweed, but that one's going to make you inflamed and that one's not. So why would you not, why would you just not buy that one? Mm-hmm. You know, and okay, the bread that I eat is made out of nuts, but it's fucking delicious. Yeah. And why don't you just try it? So many people, I think people just really want to resist it and they don't want to do it. And I think you just have to sit, it's like when you hit a personal point where you're like, I want to make this change and I want to feel better. Yeah. I think 
when I first, like my, all my friends are obsessed with you and they're like, you need to eat like Jennifer Fisher, like blah, blah, blah. Like they shun me for drinking Diet Coke, blah, blah, blah. You drink Diet Coke. I know, I know. That, that, no. That's literally what they say, but I don't no. drink. I'm sober. Oh, okay. So that's like my one okay. thing. But which, I drink. I know, which I want to get into. Yeah, we can talk about that too. Um, that's, that's against the rules. Yeah, we, yeah. We both do things that are against the exactly. rules. But if you love your Diet Coke. Right. And if you and love, I love your wine. I love my wine. Exactly. That's my thing. You can change the other things. 100%. Like one thing is not going to completely mess you up. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I feel I feel the Diet Coke is horrific. <laughs> and I'm horrified that you just said that to me. <laughs> I'm going to like DM you. I'm gonna be like, this is what you should drink instead. Uh, literally. But, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know? Everyone has a thing. Well, so. Everybody but has a I thing. I have many, many things. And like, oh, I'm not oh, even going to tell you because you're going to hate me. I want to know. But I tried doing like a Jennifer Fisher inspired like week of eating and I, I made my jammy eggs. Okay. Um, Are they easy to make? So easy. To make. I became obsessed with them. I got my mother-in-law on them, like very And they them. peel really easily too. They peel really it easily. It's, it's amazing. I, like, I do the roll, you yeah, know, the yeah. roll before the peel. Yeah, good. And like a little salt, Jennifer Fisher salt, obviously. And then, so I was doing like jammy eggs with like avocado. Perfect. And then sometimes I would like do shrimp on the side. Like I was doing like very JF stuff. So what happened? Why'd you stop? Um, and then I honestly, I think I just like got so excited that I, the volume of how much I was eating of like the eggs and the avocado was like double probably what I should have. No, you can't. Okay, this is another thing. This is a huge yes, thing. Yes. The portion thing, like this diet mm -hmm. culture of like you can only eat a handful of protein. Like I think that's total bullshit. Sorry, right. I'm not. But I'm gonna make this really clear. I, I don't. I'm not trained medically. I'm not a nutritionist. I know nothing. I only know what I figured out has worked for me and my body and other people, obviously, because that's why this kitchen thing has grown the way it has, because there's something about it that works. Not feeling limited at anything in terms of portion when you're eating such clean foods is really liberating because yeah, you're no, not going right. to sit there and eat like for you for that week, like you were excited because it was something new and you figured out how to do it and it, you thought it was delicious. But yeah, you can't sustain yourself on shrimp, avocado and eggs. You've right. got to add other things in there. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's really just about sort of mixing it up and making sure that you're having a varied diet. I just say to eat as much color as you can and try to not eat brown food. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cokes. But... <laughs> But <laughs> okay, brown food. okay. So, so back to the wine. So, okay, let's say we're we're coming home drunk on a night. Yeah, and I know you've recently gone through some stuff with your my dad, dad dying, which yeah. which we'll also get to. Yeah, but let's More, say, we should talk about mourning and all that stuff. I know people do it differently too because it's yes. really grieving and all that stuff. It's really interesting. Yes. So you you come home drunk yeah. after Off, a night of, of tons of wine, right? Yeah. How are you not drunk eating? I drunk eat all the time. Okay, and then what? So what are we drunk? Well, so, okay, let's be clear. I'm not drunk like I used to get drunk when I was younger. I'm buzzed because I have to be so highly functioning every day in my career and what I do for work. I cannot be hungover. You know, I don't drink that much. I limit myself. Okay, we're so, buzzed. We're buzzed. We're, we're, we're buzzed We're buzzed. Like yesterday. Okay, so yesterday was a great example. But okay, so the key, and I say this to everybody all the time, is to make sure that you have the right food in your house. So if you need pizza, you've got grain-free pizza crusts and the right things to make yourself a pizza. Or you've got, you know, before you're going out that you've got some, this is a great idea too, is to make some grain-free pasta, cassava pasta, put it in the fridge. And if you want pesto or if you want whatever the hell sauce you want, make sure you've got some of that sauce. So when you get home, you just, the pasta's made, you're not going to burn yourself. Right. Like that stuff is like, whatever you can kind of reheat or not have to actually like use the stove for is what I recommend. But I just, it's having like the right snacks. I eat every night when I come home. Yeah. Uh, every night. Crackers, nuts, seaweed, olives. Just the right things. Yeah. If I have spa tuna left over, I'll like eat that. Like I've mm -hmm. got, yeah, I always have food in my fridge and I always make sure that I'm prepped. Like I have, and I think that's part of the issue is that people don't, and I also don't buy food for the whole week. 
a lot of people that do, I think it's really wasteful because I don't know what it's on so Monday wasteful. I don't know what I want to eat on Thursday. Yeah, I do like, that, and, and then you throw stuff out. Mm-hmm. So I shop for like two days. So I keep small amounts of things in my fridge, but I do prep them. I chop and I prep so things are ready. So if I want a salad, if I want to make my, whatever it is, I've got it in my house ready to go. And you're not eating breakfast. Like you're eating 12 p.m. and on. It depends. Like today was funny. We were out. So we went out. We went day drinking yesterday with our friends. And we were at Lure. And then we ended up at Cipriani's. It was like a whole day. We went to Selena to go shopping. That was a whole day of like drinking. But we were home so early that it was just like we went to bed. I, I literally got nine hours of sleep last night. It was the most amount of sleep Amazing. that I think I've ever gotten in my life. Like I might, I have that. I use that shut eye sleep yeah, app yeah, yeah. thing. I mean, I snored for like 30 minutes and people were like, you snore? I'm like, we all snore and we all fart. Like, this is like a joke. I don't like, snore, but I definitely fart. I, 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 I do both. Uh, <laughs> I do both. And it's, it's, what was I saying? I lost just trying So to... you were day drinking, so you were oh, home yeah. early. Yeah, so we were home early, but we'd eaten. So we had, you know, yesterday was one of those days too where I cheated and I had, we were at Cipriani's and I had the ham and cheese pasta. I had some bites of it because we ordered it for the table. It was delicious. I'm like, okay, that was like my pizza. And it wasn't perfect. Like I am not perfect, but when you're when you when you go off and you do that, like you make sure the next day that you go back on it. I made my spa tuna for lunch today, and I'll eat. I'll know whatever I'm doing tonight is going to be clean. So don't kill yourself if you go and you go off. Like I, and it's funny people keep you know with my dad passing. I've been going a lot out a lot with friends, and I've been eating more pizza and fries and things like that. And I just think. It's more, I think my my mindset has shifted a little bit to like, you know what, if you really want to have those things, life is short, have those things. Right. But go back on your program the next day so you're feeling great for the rest of the week. Yeah, yeah. You know, give I yourself like, like seven days in between. Right, I like that. I feel like you were living your best life in, in St. Bart's. Oh, and so. They have the best French fries in the world. Can we say that on record? Yeah. They do. Yeah, but and like I, which place specifically there? At Cheval Blanc. Uh-huh. They are the best French fries in in the world. Because I came back and I went to Odeon because I used to think Odeon had the best fries. Right. In New York. Who has the best fries in New York? I used to think it was Odeon. Honestly, Ruby's has really good fries. Have you been there? Westville, great fries. My kids get Westville a lot. Mm-hmm. Really good fries. So I don't, my kids don't eat the way that I do too. That's another thing. People are like, I don't know how you do that and you make your kids eat this way. Mm-hmm. And like, because we just had visiting day last weekend. Yeah. And everybody's saying, oh my God, you know, you're, you, how do you, actually someone even made a comment to my daughter at camp about like, your, your mom better not see you eating that pizza. And she's like, what? I eat whatever I want. Right. I brought her like Flaming Hot Cheetos and right. Uncle Ben's rice in a bag to heat up for, like my kids eat whatever they want. That's another thing too. Like when you're raising children, I think it's really important to not limit what they eat or right, force like push them to your eat. things onto Absolutely them. Absolutely not. Yeah. My parents do not do that with me. I grew up eating American cheese and Taco Bell and like- yeah. And I think that that's, I'm grateful for that because I would see children come over to our house that were restricted and they would go through our cabinets like it was like wolves. Right, like, right. And that's, that's what my grandma did to my mom. And then she yeah. like developed, you know, needing to like yeah. eat out other people's. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. I think you have to just, you know, you have to do what works for you and mm-hmm. for your family. But I don't believe in restricting food for children. Yeah, no. I'm a big believer in that. Agreed. Uh, why are you never going back to visiting day, by the way? Because my kids are old. Yeah. That's it. It was the last one. Aww. My da- my son is a counselor this year and my daughter is a CIT. So next year when my daughter's a counselor, you're technically not allowed to go. Yeah. So Kevin and I went out and we like, we sort of celebrated. We're like, God, our kids are grown up. It's so weird. Like yeah. we still feel, and what's weird is Kevin eats the way that I do, but Kevin eats chicken. I don't eat, I don't eat chicken because I don't like to eat birds. They freak yeah. me out. I mean, he eats cheese, so he eats dairy. So we're sort of similar, but we're different in the way that we eat. Right. But we right now in our 50s, early 50s, now feel better than we ever have in our entire lives. So I feel like 50s is like the new 30. Oh, sure. I've heard that. I've oh, heard for that. sure. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you recently lost your dad. Yeah. How are you dealing with it? 
Like, was it a sudden thing? Was he sick? So my father was this like larger than life person who what I attribute my work ethic and and my daily grind to my watching my father and my father teaching me that and learning business and the hustle. And he was he was incredible. He was also the life of the party. You know, he's always had a cocktail in his hand. He was always like a funny guy. And he, in February, so people are sort of like, how are you in St. Bart's? Your dad just died. I'm like, okay, well, my dad has been sick since February. None right. of you know that. I just wasn't telling you on Instagram how sick my father was. Also, how are you to judge what the fuck you're doing oh, the whenever? Sh- the shit that I get on Instagram is yeah. insane. So I was like, fuck you. It was my friend's 25th wedding anniversary. And my father has basically been dead since February. Sorry. Yeah. Because he had his first stroke and he never came home the same. No one knows that. Okay. And I just chose not to share that with the Instagram community or with like anybody except for my friends. So I've been kind of mourning the loss of my dad since then because I was flying out a lot to go and see him. Right. And watching his decline he has something, he had something called vasculitis, which people don't know a ton about. But basically when I spoke to his doctor, he's like, it's sort of the worst thing in the world. It's like dying the death of like a thousand cuts because mm. you keep having these little mini strokes and it just takes more of your brain and everything. So it was really sad to see. The hardest part is really my mother now, you know, when they, when there's one left and they were so codependent. But this is also another thing I want to talk about is the fact that my mother and father were so close, so much so that I don't feel that they really had enough separate group friends. Like, I don't think my mom had enough girlfriends. I don't think my father had enough boyfriends. So either one of them that, you know, you're going to be so lonely because you don't have that network of people. Yeah, you have to create that. Which is also like sort of, you know, my dad has not been great for you know, over over a year. And then that, when the first episode happened in February, he was already sort of going mentally. But then when the, when the first really big episode happened in February, the stroke, you know, I just really, it's like, you know, everyone's like, you're going to Miami for your birthday, all these girls. I'm like, yeah, I am. Because I want this big group of females around me that support me, yeah. that I can lean on. Right. You know, I, I think people should be open to having more friends and more support and more people in their lives, male, female, whatever it is, you know, so you're not, if you're, you know, with a spouse. Right, if God forbid something happens. You've got a support group that's not just family. Right, and that's not just people that know that you're only calling them for the first time because X, Y, and Z happened. Exactly. Same with breakups, too. Mm -hmm. And same with, you know, wanting to go out and distract yourself or have fun after a breakup, after a loss. It's like, it's, it's what we should be doing, honestly. I honestly feel, and this sounds kind of strange, so I was there when my father died and I was holding his hand when he died. And I was like giving him morphine during hospice and all of that. But I truly believe my father died. Like I felt him pass like some of his like strength and energy into me. Like it's wild. Call me crazy. But we were close. I I fully believe that I'm stronger now because he gave me that. It it was it was honestly, Lindsay, like it was crazy to be there to experience that. And until you experience death that way, you know, we were very lucky. We actually got to bring him home from the hospital. He got to die at home, like comfortable. But I I believe now, like I and I. You know, I hadn't had anyone close to me pass like that, that he's sort of watching over me now and giving me strength. So he definitely is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And so I don't look is. at it as, you know, it's it sucks my dad's gone, but my dad's been gone for a while. Right. So I just want to remember him how he was, and that's how I'll always remember him. Yeah. I saw him many, many times before he died, obviously going, you know, down that path, but I still will always remember him that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. It was, you know, I, it was it was really sad and it's hard. And we're going to do a celebration of life. Uh, it's this big cowboy party up in Santa Barbara because he was a big cowboy. We're doing this big party for like 200 people to celebrate him next month. I love that. Yeah, because my, so Kevin's, my, my, my mom is Jewish, but I, we weren't raised Jewish. My father was not. So we didn't really have the rush to do anything. So we're waiting and so throwing a celebration instead. That will be so nice. Yeah, it'll be cool. 
Yeah. So you clearly have all this energy. It's so amazing. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the way that you eat and the way that you treat your body. But how do you have the motivation every day to just look so fabulous, have this energy? Thanks. You know, that's just, that's what it seems like from the outside. You know, I just, I'm a I big, I'm a big believer. Like, you know, every day is a gift. Every day that we're here is a gift. So don't, don't fuck around. Don't lie on your couch. Like go do something. If you want to start a business, start a business. Don't be scared. Mm -hmm. Don't live in fear. And if, you know, I, I want to build this company to be much, much larger than what we are now. Like, I feel like we're only getting started. So I'm highly motivated because I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing what's happening with the evolution of it. Like it's finally happening. And so now it's time to step on the gas because my kids are older. Right. I'm just motivated because I feel like, I, what else am I going to do all day long? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Sit around and like watch TV? Yeah. No, that's not me. No. And I don't think anyone else should be doing the same thing. So get off your ass. Agreed. Like, no, for real. Like, no, it's true. Get up and do something, whatever it yeah. is, whatever you want to be. Like at least try. Don't be right. scared. Right. Kim you Kardashian know? got so much shit for saying that. <sighs> but but you know what? Like, Yeah. Get, get motivation. Hopefully this gives people some motivation. I just mean, hearing you. Well, I'm not Kim Kardashian, but I, you know, no. I, 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 it's true. She's not wrong. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. You come off so cool and confident. I Were do. you always that way? Oh, thanks. I think true. so. I don't know. You know, I think I have been. Mm -hmm. You know, I was that girl in high school. I wasn't like an, I wasn't an alpha, but I was kind of like, I think I'd like to think I was cool. But I was different. I'd shot vintage. I'd crimp my hair. I was voted most likely to fly to Paris for dinner. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of that girl. I wasn't like a cheerleader. I wasn't the most popular. But I think I always had confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents instilled that in me yeah, from a very huge. young age, mm -hmm. especially my father. Right. So I think, you know, if you don't get it from your parents. Then how should you get it? Get it from yourself. Mm -hmm. Get it from yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you get older, you don't really have your parents. You know, I wasn't talking to my parents, you know all the time and my parents saying, go, go, go. You know, you have to just put yourself on autopilot and be like, okay, I'm going to be this way. Right. Why not? Mm -hmm. What would you say to you in your 20s if you could talk to yourself back then? I would say that person is going to happen for you. Like slow down, stop trying to force things to happen because male or female, whatever your choice, that person's going to come to you and you're going to be happy one day. Yeah. And if he or she is an asshole, they're always going to be an asshole. Right. So you can't change people. Mm -mm. I dated a lot of dicks. Same. I mean, horrible people that I put up with their shit for a long time because I was like, I, I'm scared to leave. I don't know if, what, where else am I going to find? When, when's the next one happening? Like, right. And I, you know, I wish I knew now what, what could be down the road for me. Yeah. So it's going to be down the road. So don't put up with any shit. Right. Or like part of me feels like you sometimes can experience, should not should experience in terms of like, God forbid, abuse, but like that, that those toxic relationships, they really teach you what is amazing and who is great for you. That's another great point. When you come out of every relationship, you should take whatever that negative part of it was yeah. and learn from it mm -hmm. and just make, don't do it again. Yeah. You need don't to learn. Don't do it again. Mm -hmm. And what about thir your thirties? If you could redo anything in your thirties, would, would it be anything or? Thirties were weird because I was coming out of being sick and, and I had Kevin and, and no, I wouldn't have done anything different in my 30s, but my 30s were definitely my least favorite decade. Interesting. Other, like, I, obviously because of this being sick, but why else? No, I just think it's, I was a new mom. I didn't really know what I was going to do for work because I had defined myself for so long as being in wardrobe and as a stylist mm -hmm. and I had a successful career. And then I became a mother and I, I, you know, I had stopped doing one thing. I didn't think I wanted to do that anymore. And I wanted to do something new. And it was a lot of hard work in the beginning. I mean, I could, if, 
if I could tell you like how much, I always say if, if I had it, if like five cents for every time someone told me no when I started my company, like I would be a billionaire. Right. You can't do this. This is not cool. No one's going to buy this. Like all that bullshit. That's another thing. Like if you're starting a business, don't listen to that one person. No. Because there's going to be 10 other people that are going to say yes to you. Right. You know? So 30s were hard because that was my like really hard hustle of starting the company, you know, and having kids and having young kids. And trying to, you know, kind of juggle all of that at the same time. End of 40s into 50s. Like, I, 50s are my favorite. Yeah. So far. Like, 50s are amazing. So much to look forward to. 50s are great. 40s are, like, great. But your kids are, you know, it's that whole thing where you're a parent and your kids are going to school. And then you've got to deal with, like, other kids and, and you know, friends that aren't really your friends. But they're, you know, the kids. You know, you'll, you know what it's like. It's like you go into this thing where you meet. You've got your new friend group that are your Parent, that are like your kids' friends, friends, your mom yeah, yeah. friends, and then you've got your old friends. And it's just 40s or 40s kind of just... Everything comes together a little bit more. Yeah. And the, ends are, the end is great. Speaking of having kids in the city, mm. what are some positives and negatives to raising kids in the city? I grew up in the city. I love it. Can't not recommend enough. But, you know, people talk shit about raising your kids in the city. So what are some negatives and positives? I, I don't understand how anyone can talk shit about raising your kid in the city, first of all. Because they're jealous. It's, they're jealous that they couldn't <laughs> do it and they didn't do it. And they didn't stick it out. Honestly, like I would have never, I, I was raised in Santa Barbara and this town. We got into so much trouble. Like I would not raise my kids anywhere else. It's First of all, it's easier to raise your kids in the city. How come? It's just easier not having to put them in a car seat every five seconds and drive them somewhere where they're right. screaming and pull them out and... You know, it's just, it's easier to raise your kids in the city. You just throw them in a stroller, you walk around, it's easy. Right. New York City is the best place to raise children in the entire world. Yeah. I, I, and, and what, the West Coast, sorry, everyone in California, like, I, I, I would never want to raise my kids in LA or in Santa Barbara mm-hmm. for that matter. My friends are like, you're crazy. Like, we have the beach and we have this. I'm like, no, we have the city, we have restaurants, we have, there's always something to do. It's, it Culture. honestly, it's exactly. It honestly, my kids are so, like special because they were raised in the city, I feel. And we, they're, they're city kids. Yeah. There's, you know, you're either a city kid or you're not. Right. You know, I love that. City kids are cool. They really are. I, although my not kids, biased. my kids don't think so. My, all my son wants is a basketball court. And like, you know, he's like, Ugh, can we leave the city so I can, because he's a big basketball player. Right. Like, but there are courts. I'm like, like you can go to Asphalt Green. All, yeah. There yeah. are courts all over the city. Yeah. He plays on the, he plays on the West Side Highway with all those guys. There you go. And that like helps him, you know, not be afraid of, all kinds of people. Right. I mean, you should see the mix of people that are on those Right, courts. right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you're in like a, a suburb, it, it can be a little bit more insular. Oh, sure. 100%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also kind of love the fact, and I'm sorry, but that they're, they're not driving all the time. Yeah, I know. That gives me so much anxiety. Me too. Me too. Because I'm like, I was not a good driver. Me too. We were 15, like 16. Um, the things we were doing when no. we were 16 years old driving, like mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I was doing back Terrifying. then. I did not want my kids doing driving, that. I was driving high. We were like drunk driving. It was crazy. Yeah. Like it, was, okay. it was not okay. Not okay. Not okay. So you are very happily married. Tell, oh, oh. No, I work with my husband. It's not <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I am very, I'm listening. He's the coolest guy in the world. Right. He is. How do you kind of separate from working with Kevin and making love and things like that that aren't work? We, ha- so we have a very special relationship, Kevin and I. Kevin, Puts up with my shit, but not too much of it. Like he know, like, and when I I listen to him, when he's he'll be like Jen, and he knows when he uses my first name like that. That that's that's like shut up. Or as opposed stop. to what does he usually call you? And it'll just be like he'll just start talking, but yeah, he yeah. starts a sentence with Jen, mm-hmm. 
So that's the thing that we're working on because he does it now so much. I'm yeah. like, when we're not fighting or we're not having a, a disagreement over work or business and he right. uses it on the weekend, I'll be like, Jen. So it's it's not easy to work with your spouse. No, I, it actually I can't even sucks. imagine. It sucks. Right. It's really hard. But how did that happen? Like, at what point was he like, I, you know, I believe in your business so much. I'd actually, I want to leave my finance job and Yeah, because I had like children helping me run the company. Mm-hmm. And like, they didn't know how to grow a business. It was the best thing ever was to have Kevin come in and get rid of those, you know, people that didn't know how to grow a business. Right. You know, I don't want him to leave either. It's so hard to describe because it's so imperfect, but it does force you to communicate really, really well. Yeah. So we have to communicate on so many different levels in so many different ways. And so we're not really, people are like, oh, I turn it off when I get, get you know, go home at sex. We we don't, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like we'll be eating dinner and a topic will come up and we'll start talking about it. So there, we just sort of merge it all together and it's not great, but it doesn't suck entirely. Yeah. And by know? the way, every relationship, no relationship is perfect, whether you well, work together if, or yeah, not. If you say you obviously. are, you're full of shit. And it's like, yeah. yeah. And everyone yeah. goes to therapy at some yeah. point and yeah. everyone, you know, has issues that they need to work out. Yeah. But I'd imagine that it's just like, you know, you're doubling down because you're with each other all of the time. Well, we're not now. So to clarify that, so that's why I travel a lot and I go to the office. And so with COVID, we hired so many people. We did not, well, we didn't furlough one person during COVID. We actually grew. So with that growth, we were really lucky. And Kevin was instrumental in that. So when COVID was over and everyone needed to come back, we had too many employees. We didn't fit in the office. So now I work out of the Soho store. We've sort of split everybody up. He is going back to Fifth Avenue, which is our old store location. Now now we're taking the store and it's all offices. And we're looking to build new offices that are much larger, obviously, for the team. So we can have, you know, maybe a set for me to cook on and things like that. So we really try to not see each other during the day. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was working out of the living room of our house and we live in a loft and literally like on my CB2 marble ping pong table. I'm like, can you get the fuck out of the house? Yeah. Like I can't walk in at six o'clock after I have gone through this all day, you know, on all day. And then you're still on calls until eight o'clock at night in the middle of my house. Like I don't want to hear it. So I kicked him out. He's now in Shane's room because Shane's at camp. So it's now his oh, eye. perfect. He's in Shane's room. And he, he closes the door. Like, I'm like, bye, I'll see you later. And he uh-huh. closes the door. And I don't see him, which is great. But I think the key is if you work together to not work in the same vicinity of each other. Right. That helps. So if you're not turning it off, though, when you're at dinner and whatnot, how do you turn it off when you want to, you have know? Have sex? Yeah. Sex with us, like, we have a lot of sex. Yeah. <laughs> what Define a lot. <laughs> Earmuffs. We a few times a week. Okay. I mean, for a couple that's been married almost twenty one years, huge. that's a long time. Oh my! I know couples who have been married like three <laughs> years and don't have sex. We have like sex. have sex once a month. We have less sex. Yeah. I think it's the diet. Yeah. No, it, it, I'm that's telling a huge you, part. That's I think a huge it's part. the food. We talk yeah. about it because we well, we've always been active, but I think that now that you know. He, we both feel very good about ourselves and we're 50 and it's just, there's something that's sort of clicked on for us in the last couple of years. That's, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have no complaints there. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. But it's like, but then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, just don't kiss me. Like, I just don't feel like I'm going to, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's not like it's hot all the time like right, that, yeah. but, but you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes we're like, I'm pissed at you, but like, still let's, let's go. Hasn't, have your kids ever walked in on you? No. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. We have a lock on our bedroom door, but we're also really careful about it. Right. Like we make sure that, and it's hard now because our kids are older. So our yeah. kids are like up and we're like, we want to go to bed. 
So like it's, so we used to have this thing. This is a, sort of a funny thing. So we'd have, it'd be Thursdays. It was like Thursdays was our thing because uh-huh. we didn't have, the housekeeper wasn't in the house and the kids weren't in the house. So like Thursday mornings were like a <laughs> sure thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that changed during COVID, but that was like a funny thing. It was like, we always made sure like no matter what on what went on during the week, what other other things we got to do. Right. There was always that sure thing Thursday. And then you're looking forward to it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So two more questions, and then I'm going to do some rapid fire poll questions for oh, you, God. which are really fun. Suck at those. Um, no, you're going to be great. Okay. People are really sensitive about like eating and food and whatnot. And you haven't like you you are doing this and like you're having fun with it, but you haven't necessarily made it like you share your recipes for free. Like you're not like yeah. charging anything for your food. You have your salts, which are amazing and everyone should buy them. But how do you kind of tiptoe in the space without worrying about like triggering people who have ED and all of these things that continuously come up. Like I'm so scared to talk about anything that I eat anytime. And I'm, I have no, like, I'm not a food. I have a food blog, like a food Instagram where like I post food sometimes. And like, that's like kind of a joke, but on my podcast, I, I have to find I'm just so scared to like talk about food stuff because people come for you. So how do you, how people do you going to come that? for you regardless, girlfriend? Like they it doesn't, are. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could talk about, like I talk about, if you talk about clothes, they come for you. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like the food thing I'm sensitive to, but I, I eat real healthy food and I eat a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's not about green juicing and I like all of that kind of stuff and, and smoothies and bars and all of that kind of diet culture stuff. Like I think it's just kind of about retraining your body to have a he- have healthy eating habits to feed yourself and nourish yourself so you feel good. Because mm-hmm. if you do, if you are disciplined enough to cut out those things that will that are inflammatory and will make you feel bad, and you do give it a shot, you're gonna feel better. And it's all real food. And it's you know sometimes it's three times a day full meal, sometimes it's two times a day. Like you said earlier, do you don't eat breakfast? Right. I do sometimes, but I just don't feel like it anymore. I'm too busy because like my morning, you know, right. but. I think it's about eating meals and eating foods that are nourishing. Mm-hmm. I will never try to tell you like calorie. I don't, I, I, I'm not a dietitian. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be someone like that. That's not what I am trying to be. Right. I'm trying to teach people, A, how to cook simple food. That's sort of like how it started, to be honest. Like, like people are like, how do you cook an egg? I'm like, okay, this is how you cook an egg. Yeah. Like more like simple how-to stuff rather than being like, I'm not trying to be some health guru girl. Mm-hmm. That's not ever what I want to be. Do you ever have friends like shame you or like make comments like if you're at dinner with a friend and you're making substitutions like them like rolling their eyes and being like, why can't you just eat like, you know, not anymore. And I think that's a younger thing. Mm. Not anymore, because now they're all sort of like, what, what, Jen, what are we what are we eating? Jen, what are we eating? How are we ordering? Mm-hmm. Like I taught that but this is a funny thing. We we're out at Odeon one night. And we we're all drinking. It was afternoon day drinking and they're all ordering fries. I'm like, guys, let's order a hand salad. They're like, what? I'm like, it's the same feeling of like dipping something. So I ordered a hand salad and it was a green salad that I basically ate with my hands with mustard and lemon vinaigrette. Yeah. And then they all started doing it and they're like, this is the best thing ever. What? We don't need fries. Right. Why don't we do this instead? Right. I don't know. I think it's about, I think it's just about doing what works for you and not trying to push yourself or any, you know, sort of like regimen on people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it was about feeding my family and just trying to teach people how to make basic things. Right. That's really still what it is. And that's what it always will be. Yeah. Yeah. What are you having for for dinner tonight? I'm very excited. Kevin's not home. So he's going to some comedy thing at Barclays and I'm like, oh, I'm home tonight. So I had two heads of cauliflower and some like dinosaur kale. 
So I think I'm going to make some sort of because you know for him some nights I don't feel like eating protein. Right. Like I don't want to have to cook chicken for him. And, and when the kids are away, like I haven't been cooking a lot because my kids are at camp. It's kind of like on vacation. Right. So tonight I think I'm going to make some che- spicy cheesy broccoli thing, or not broccoli thing, but cauliflower thing with the dinosaur kale and like cheddar and like pepperoncinis, something new. Mm. Like I feel like even though it's hot but out, cheese. But what kind of cheeses are we talking vegan about? Cheese. Vegan cheeses. Vegan mm-hmm. cheeses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vegan cheese. Vegan cheese is good. Yeah, I feel like you need to add. I mean. Don't you, you could do whatever you want, but it'd be so helpful if you added just like literally a grocery. I list. have that oh, on have? my yes. Stop. It's on my like all it's in my story the... highlights. Yes. Oh, and your story. Okay, I'm gonna. And find I have it. an Amazon list that has everything, a lot of things on it, like my Tupperware and my plates, or not my plate. My plates are CB too, but like my pots and pans that I use. Amazing. All that stuff is on my Amazon. Okay. I have an Amazon link on my stories on Jennifer Fisher Kitchen, and I also have grocery pantry. How I eat, anti-inflammatory life. There's all these little bubbles you can click through and Love say. Love that. Cannot wait. Okay, let's do some rapid fire. Oh, God. These are just like fun, you know, whatevers. A guy asks a girl to go home with him after first date. She says no. He texts that he had fun and asked for a second date. Does he just want sex or actually had fun and wants a second date? I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a combination of both. It could change if he, he continues to get to know you and likes you, yeah. you know, more than that. I but think if it's a he asks you to go both. home on the first date, then yeah, he wants not to a fuck great you. Sign. Yeah. If two friends in your close group of friends have a fight and are not on speaking terms, do you take sides? No, mm-hmm. I do not. That happens a lot in our old age too. Really? It yeah. Does. I, it doesn't I, ever stop. No, it doesn't. It I doesn't always make my stop. mom tell me the it drama. It doesn't ever stop. Like, what's going on with it your canasta group? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't ever stop. Do you think so? For for you, who is like standard traditional married with kids, do you gravitate more towards people who are married without kids and no desire for kids or single people who are never married? I think people that are married that don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Is it acceptable for guys to wear shorts on a date? Yes. Really? Yeah. What's wrong with shorts? Kevin mm-hmm. wears shorts out all the time. I think it's because my husband wears shorts all the time and he'll wear like a James Purse like button down and he'll wear shorts. And I like guess sneakers. if the shorts are like it's nice, cute. but like, I don't know, it just feels not like, like you're not really dressing up. I don't know. If it's summer and it's hot, I yeah, think it's yeah. totally acceptable. Sorry. I don't mind shorts because my husband wears them all the time. Yeah, but he wears okay. nice shorts. Like they're okay, cool. Send us a link. We'll, we'll post it. They're cool. If you if you make more than your husband, do you split expenses equally or pay proportionally to income? I think that's such bullshit when people do that. I, so I no, we split everything. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's so weird when people do percentages of like, because I make this much. Yeah, money, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, think I that's don't so do percentages. Fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. not into that. No. Yeah, no. And if my kids lived at home after college, I would not make them pay the utilities. Yeah, yeah, people do that. It's wild. It's wild. It's wild. It's like I'm trying to teach them a lesson. It's like, no, the lesson is like I they live with you for this moment and then they're making enough to support themselves when they get out. By the way, Shane and Drew, you're not allowed to come back home after (laughs) (laughs) Is your most serious relationship always the one you were in for the longest, excluding husbands? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Kevin. Forever. Mm -hmm. We look at each other like But like before that, like I dated a guy who was my no, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but I'm like old. So yeah, like yeah, I have yeah. like a 21, 21 year marriage. Like right, it's not right, like right. I'm a 20 year old and has like a six, you know, six right, year, right, right, six right, year yeah. relationship. If the groomsman in a wedding express that he doesn't like the bride and doesn't approve of the relationship, should he be allowed in the wedding? No. <laughs> should he even be allowed to come? He could come to the wedding, but I would not let him be in the wedding mm-hmm, party. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that or not? Yeah, I probably wouldn't want him at the wedding if I was that wife. Really? 
Let yeah, him come. Just like no, because then he can watch and he's gonna be pissed. But he's gonna happening. come and just talk shit to everyone at my great. wedding about me. Great. Who cares? You I just got married. Yeah, I you guess fucking, you're right. you own that. You just got you just married fair, the guy. Fair, fair, fair. Fuck that guy. Can people in relationships wingman their friends without having to flirt with other people, or is it always a little iffy? Oh, I think it's always a little iffy. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that. Like I care more about like my husband's eternally single friend meeting someone and my husband yeah. having to flirt with her friend his I, for two seconds. Listen, you know? I know that Kevin goes to Costa Cipriani. They're, they call there's oh, the mm-hmm. bar in Costa Cipriani. Mm-hmm. They call it the Vortex. Oh my god, it's all models. I know all they do. Yeah, and other women like yeah, all they're doing is flirting. Right. I don't mind it. Yeah. I think it's healthy. Because I'm like I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna flirt. Like what's the yeah. big deal? Flirting is not. I agree. Cheating. Oh no. Okay, this is good. Dick in a vagina is cheating. Yeah. Well, kissing. <laughs> kissing. Yeah, like, kissing is cheating. I love to be there. So that we could go so Texting deep on that. We go so deep like on that. Like emotional cheating, you know. Can you wear shorts to the office in the summer? Yeah, as long as they're not like Daisy Duke shorts. That's part of our thing at the office. We have a we have a dress code. You can't wear Uggs and you can't wear cut off denim shorts like Daisy Dukes. Yeah, fair. At least not in front also, of Also, like, why would you want to? It's so uncomfortable to sit in those I, all day. You should have seen what would have come through our office before oh, wow. we had dress code. And we have now have visual references. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> For those in a long-term relationship, do you usually include foreplay before sex or just go straight to it? For those, wait, wait sorry. What was the so like foreplay before sex or you go straight to it? I like to go straight to it. Kevin is very into like the kissy kissy before. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I got things to do. Right, right. No. <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. Do you judge relationships where the girl is taller than the guy? No. Mm-hmm. No. My best friend is very tall, like five mm-hmm. eleven. Yeah. And and her guy is, is not as tall. He's probably almost her height. But okay. Like it's not. It's not like. A, but when she wears but my, heels. And, but also my best friends also and my neighbors, her husband is significantly smaller than she is, and mm-hmm. they're like are the cutest couple ever. Right. Like and it works the really models, well. Like they. Well, all but his are personality tall. is so big and amazing, mm-hmm. and it just, it just works. Yeah. Yeah. You can't judge from a photo because you don't know if like the personality is amazing. Yeah. If you're in a good and steady relationship, do you ever miss drama from a past one? Mm, that's interesting. That's I think you can m- miss pieces of it because yeah, of maybe course. that drama made you feel so excited right, in some way. Right. You know, and I've been married 21 years. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything in particular that I miss drama wise from other relationships, but I get that. You know, it's sort of like that hot feeling of like, ooh, yeah. or not knowing, or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in such a stable relationship. I don't have any of that. So yeah. I do, I, I do think that you can miss it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As long as you don't act on it. Yeah. Do you, does your partner make your life easier? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. without a doubt. But then he makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> do you regret sleeping with anyone? Yes. One to three people? Or three or more people that you regret? Um, one to three. Mm-hmm. Do you have to bring a gift to a gender reveal party? Oh, can we talk about gender reveal parties? <laughs> I know. Just, uh, invite, just, your, just keep it to your family. I just don't. I, I maybe I'm just yeah. old. I no, I, I, I family only. I feel if you're going to a gender reveal party, you need to bring a gift. I feel like you always need to bring a gift. You always, like, yeah, like, always like today, I walked in, I felt bad. We walked in empty-handed. We were going to bring you something. Oh my and we god, didn't. Stop. I feel so bad. It's like going to a dinner party, not bringing a bottle of wine. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you go to a party, you should bring a gift. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't believe. In gender reveals, though, I think they're kind of strange. Yeah, just but, like low-key uh, family. Like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew what I was having, but I didn't feel the need to have a party. But that was also like in the dark ages when I had my kids. Well, like they tell, they would tell you in, that, in the doctor's office then, right? Yeah. Well, you'd get that ultrasound. And you're like, they're mm-hmm. like, do you want to know? Yeah. Yeah, I want to know. But you don't have to throw a party for it. Right. 
But I listen, I'm old. So, I, you know, go, I mean, go people for it, guys. will do like anything go for, for it, content nowadays, go you know. For- Thing. But I'm not gonna lie, I'll probably do one when the day comes. It's a, not it's, like a, not it's a like generational a crazy thing. One, I'm like an old one. lady. It's I get it. It's a generational thing. Jennifer, do you have a quote or piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with? This has been so amazing. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but this is a weird quote from my mother-in-law. But this is great for women that have children and have new babies. Mm-hmm. Her her thing is, if they're quiet, leave them alone. Mm. And it's one of those weird things that you don't really ever talk about. But she was like, just trust me, honey. She's like, if they're quiet, leave them. Like, don't. I think in this day and age, like, everybody wants to stimulate their children so much and, like, poke them. And if they're quiet, like, oh, let's go do this now to, like, right, distract them to right. what they're doing. Like, if they're if they're quiet, leave them alone. Right. That applies to, like, a lot of things. If the guy that you're dating is quiet, <laughs> leave, leave him, him alone. alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. Um, where can uh, everybody find you, follow you, buy your jewelry, look at your recipes? Uh, oh, God. So I am um, jenniferfisher.com and I am at jenniferfisherjewelry. Don't, not Jennifer Fisher. That's a personal one we just pulled from my name, which I hope will go away soon. But it's at jenniferfisherjewelry or at jenniferfisherkitchen. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. So fun. <laughs> it was great. Yay! (laughs) That was so fun!